0: Hello, hockey friends and families around the world, and welcome to another edition of Our Kids Play Hockey. I'm Lee Elias, and I'm joined, as always, by my good, wonderful, amazing friends, Christy Casciano-Burns and Mike Benelli. We're recording this at night, so if you're watching this, you'll notice we're in somewhat different backgrounds, especially Christy, who who looks like an attorney at law, but I would hire her (laughs) in a heartbeat Um, If I had to, that's how much I have trust for her. Uh, Unique topic tonight. We posted in our Facebook group uh, just over a week ago, a little bit of a picture that showed the most expensive sports. It was a study done by Utah State University in 2019. And as it should come to no surprise to anybody listening to this, and if it does, welcome to the game. Uh, Ice hockey, number one on the list by a mile. (laughs) Mm. By a mile, ice hockey costing over, and I think this is low, $2,600 a year on average per child, one child is anywhere between the ages of one to 18. Again, this is an official study done by Utah State University in 2019. Um, I doubt those costs have gone down since COVID when people are trying to recoup uh, costs, but we, it got quite a bit of response in our in our chat because we, we asked the question, hey, how do we fix this? How do we change this? And uh, Mike, before the episode brought up, let's talk about that because there's a lot of topics of discussion within this Um, And we got going before the episode even started. And I was like, guys, let's stop. (laughs) Let's record this. This is good stuff. Um, But yeah, I think it's a great topic of, of uh, why is hockey the most expensive sport? What can we do as families to curtail some of that cost? And what can we do as hockey people, maybe to make the game a little better on this front because it will eventually, and it is already, it is costing people out of the game dramatically. Um, And that is a problem anytime you look at sport development uh, in this country. So Uh, Who would like to comment on this first? You both were very eager before the episode. I'm going to throw throw up the magical puck and whoever talks first catches it. I got it. Christy, got it.
1: Okay. (laughs) So I think we need to, for new hockey parents, explain what are they talking about? Why is the sport so expensive? So we'll just share our experiences. You know, when I signed my kids up, I had no clue what the cost was going to be. And then came the bills. You got to buy all equipment for them i mean head to toe you're covered you think about that basketball when my kids play basketball it costs nothing the whole program was paid for just had to buy a pair of sneakers for the kids so this show up kind of came yeah it came as a shock i'm like what is going on you've got the registration fees then there's the there are the hidden costs of hockey too hotel expenses travel costs gas and that's gone way up right um there's also, you know, apparel. Parties you a whole, ep- and apparel whole episode and, about apparel, <laughs> you know, and if you're not into fundraising, you write the chat for what right. your team needs. It adds up fast so quickly that I got in the habit of putting money aside in the summer when my kids were playing other sports and just saving for the season. Cause I, I kind of built an idea of what we're going to need to set aside. Cause the last thing you want to do is go into debt as a hockey parent, don't do it. So be smart and save. There are a lot of tricks to saving money, which we can get into a little bit. But well, let's bring in Benelli. Benelli. Because he's, man, he's got, he's got a lot that's of a Benelli face. He's I mean, got he right knows now. the cost of hockey because uh, you've been on the high end. You've been on the low end. You've been all, all levels of hockey. So chime in yeah. there, my friend. Yeah, and,
2: and I think I'm guilty of the, of the. The monopoly of ice hockey as well. I mean, when you have, a, if you're in a single rink facility, and you're in a little, you know, an area where it has a lot of, you know, large number of people that have, you know, pretty good resources for, uh, you know, income, you can you can go after those people from a business perspective, but from a holistic perspective of of we talk about you know, hashtag grow the game and and bring more people into the into the tent of hockey. Well, we're pricing not only are we pricing really good. Hardworking families out of the sport, but we're, we're 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 really pricing athletes that are choosing other sports. And when we look right. around and you hear it everywhere you go and, and we'll and we hear from everybody, that, that anybody that listens to this podcast or the people that we talk with off the air uh, that we interview. Their their kid's the only kid in their school playing hockey. They're right. the only one in their town that that's that's skating and doing camps and clinics year-round. They're the only one they know in their inner circle that does this sport. And and everyone you know, and Lee, you could even bring it up on the survey, right? Soccer, basketball, baseball, all at the lower end of all of these oh, fees. Oh, yeah. Let,
0: let me jump into that a little bit. My, yeah, because,
2: because it was, we wonder yeah. why, like, hockey – is like this, like wow! I can't believe you don't play hockey. Like nobody plays hockey. Well, right. let's 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 talk about why that is.
0: Yeah. So let, let me just explain the breakdown of this again. So the <clears throat> the way this chart was done is they broke it into five categories of costs: travel, equipment, lessons, registration, and camps. Okay, and they averaged it out. Now now hockey travel is by far the biggest cost associated within this. Then after that is registration, uh, which I actually found a little bit surprising lessons and equipment are about tied, and then camps uh, are on the lower end, but also more than any of the other sports uh, when you look at them. So all of these are extremely inflated when you look at the other sports. So the top five from most expensive down are ice hockey, skiing snowboarding, field hockey, gymnastics, and lacrosse. And then when you go to the bottom of the list, the bottom five from the most affordable up is track and field, Flag football, skateboarding, cross country, and basketball. And I, I just note here, wrestling and tackle football are very, very close, and soccer is right after that. Um, and when, when when I say um, a lot less, I'm talking that those sports are between four to six hundred dollars annually. Where the top five, uh, and again, there's some hockey is really out there, but the top five starts at about sixteen hundred dollars and goes up to twenty six hundred dollars. And I was going to say, look, look, if if you really want to do a hockey season comfortably at an upper level. You guys can tell me if I'm crazy, but I, I think you need four to $4,500 set aside I to, do agree. It, to do it comfortably. Yeah. All right. Sign me up for
1: yeah. $2,600. I'd sign the contract <laughs> right. today if you can get me right. through
2: a season right. for 2600 You, can tell, me the year, you can tell me the year was $2,600, 3000 4000 5000 yeah. yeah. This, was, 5, this was in 19
0: before inflation went crazy. So, so I think right. with all these, to be fair, with all of these, there is an associated cost beyond what right. they've shown. But I, I don't even think that that is – with travel so high – in hockey, it's it's not congruent. It, that means it's ten times the size for hockey families right. too. But yeah, yeah I wanted to give some fair. Some, I mean, uh, our
1: yeah. sport requires an ice rink, a facility yes. which costs yeah. money, and there's limited space and limited ability to rent to everybody who wants right. to play there. Track and so you that's a huge factor cost, as opposed to yeah. say lacrosse. You got a field, you know, that doesn't cost anything. Right. Just and usually school districts take care of the cost of the maintenance of the field. But the ice rink is expensive. So that's a huge factor is when you factor in the cost of hockey. It, you have, it is you can't eliminate that.
2: It is, Christy, but I don't but let's put on the hat of a of a, a rink owner. Somebody that's going to invest in a rink. Just like somebody invests in a I mean, how much does it cost to put a soccer field in? Eight million dollars? I mean, you know, you don't put a turf field in for free. You know how how long how how much does it cost to build a track and field facility? Yeah, how much does it cost? To, so, right? so, yeah. so there's all these there's yeah. Our yeah, costs a lot of
1: towns and villages pay for that
2: no for doubt. But team so team why are sure. we in the hockey world thinking like soccer? Why aren't we thinking like like why is travel? If I own a rink, why would I want to produce programming in my rink that forces my kids to go to other people's rinks? Like <laughs> it doesn't make sense to me. It's like what, like it's like having a track and field event, but you build your track and field course. Where nobody can ever run on it. They can right. train there and they could be there, but they have to go to somebody else's track and field uh, uh, facility to to actually get the, the, the legal requirements to 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 be timed or or you know to to compete. I don't. This is where I am baffled in the hockey world that we are not doing everything we can as hockey people that own rinks, rink owners, to do everything we can to develop a sport that is ho- internally in your rink. That everything is all-encompassing. Yeah. There is no reason for me to play with my 8U team. There's no way you could tell me that the kids that I'm playing at 8U in my building and I have to travel three and a half hours to go play the same crappy kids that I could have found down the street. It's just, it's impossible. You and, and if you can't figure that out, that means you just don't understand athletic development and sport. Because in oh, soccer, yeah. this is why the poorest countries in the world could be the best soccer super true. places. Because they just find a way to have kids play. I, I, just, yeah. I, just, I just saw a special with Mariana Rivera. I went to a, um, like a fundraising event we were speaking at. And for God's sakes, the guy's first mitt was a, a cardboard box that he f- learned how to fold into a mitt.
0: A cardboard he did, box. He, he did okay.
2: did okay. He did, he did, he did okay. pretty good. <laughs> yeah. so, it,
1: it, all right. So rink owners. Yes. Make an appeal to them. Here's your, you've got the mic.
2: Mike,
1: right? I think you hit it right on the nail, the nail on the head. Yes, you hit the nail on the head. Talk to me about rate owners and what they can do.
2: Right, so you're you look at our main cost, right? Lee just brought it up the, right. the travel. Now, me, if you would have sent me that survey blind, what's the most expensive sport? I have to think like equestrian, skiing, snowboarding, golf. Like, I get it. Like, you can't, you know, you know can you play golf on the same? like on the same course every day for 365 days a year, I I, I guess you can. I mean, because you're never going to master it, right? You got to find ways to get better at it. So yeah. in hockey, it's the same thing. Why can't, why can't we have hockey think like a pitch that you just get on the, on the field of play and then create the environment around it to develop your kids? Why? And I even mentioned this on the Facebook chat. Why do we have to pay the Marriott mobile and, and, and the registration fees. Look at registration fees. That's one of the other highest things. And that's just not your regular registration fee, I don't think, Lee. I think if you really dug into the statistics, it's oh, probably yeah. a lot of, like tournaments and all the stuff that these yeah, people but
0: my, pay Yeah, my guess is that's, that's USA Hockey, the fees to your organization, and then anything else to play, anything to, to qualify to play.
2: Right. So when, when everybody right. says we want to grow the game, what can we do to grow the game? Well, why don't we make it not the most expensive sport there is in the uh, world? Yeah.
0: Well, look, look a, few, a few notes on this, guys. <laughs> yes, so, so, thank so, you. A, a few notes, like because we, we can branch this out, because there's I think there's two discussions here. One is like, hey, here's some suggestions we could put out there in the world right. and the ethos to make it cheaper. And then I think we also have to talk about the social responsibility of what happens with this, because let's be honest, when you to enter hockey at a young age is actually extremely affordable. Now, follow me here, because only about 100, 150 bucks to get into the game. They'll give you the equipment. They'll give you the ice. They'll get you on the ice. Which sounds wonderful and it is. It's a great entry point. The problem is when you have lower income families that find this game and then year two comes around, it's, oh, it's, you know, it's thousand bucks. Year three comes around, it's 2,500 bucks. Well, I can't afford that. Now I've just teased my kid with the greatest sport in the world. Right. And I, so, so while it's a wonderful entry point, it has to be done further down the line. Now, Mike, you, you brought up a great point. I, I'm going to call for this. People can think I'm crazy, but I honestly think either U10 or U12 should not be travel leagues before that. I think it should only be in-house leagues with certain understandings of if people have to travel, you know, they might have to go to different rinks. Or if, if it is travel at that age, let's keep it within three to four local rinks right. and not all over the country. You know, when I, when my son was getting into it, and I, I'm actually kind of embarrassed about this. Um, I just knew club hockey. Cause I grew up in that. So I said, okay, where's the lo- local club team halfway through the season. I realized there was an in-house league. Right now, now, while if you listen to the show, we had a wonderful time this season. I absolutely would have probably done that had I known that he could have just played in-house two or three times a week. I could have been just one rake, no travel, and just kind of had that experience. I think he would have benefited from that. Again, we had a wonderful season. I don't want to knock anything. But in-house, we talked about some episodes. We've interviewed people. There's nothing wrong with that, especially at the developmental age. The problem is that the hockey culture has been sucked into this the more you pay, the better your kid will play mentality, which I'm gonna say it cover your kid's ears is complete bullshit. All right it's, we've gotta we've gotta start seeing beyond that. Uh, and, and, and like I see it even my kid in summer League right now, I kind of hear the parents and I hear the coaches. I'm like, somebody asked me what's the score the other day watching my son I was watching you guys know, I'm not coach right now but what's the score? I said smiles versus smiles. <laughs> That's all I care about right now. Exactly, especially <laughs> really at that know. age. Yeah, I really did. When, didn't when know. our
1: kids were little, and uh, we called them mites at the time. I know we don't call them that anymore, but uh, we did what was called the snow belt, and that was just traveling around to different local ranks. Right. Um, probably the farthest was maybe an hour away, just because they're so spread out. Our ranks, but it was all local within our local community. All right. our local rinks, um, which was very manageable, very affordable. Our kids had a blast and they had some of the best memories of their lifetime, just having fun and getting to know the sport and getting to know the kids in our communities, play the sport. And, you know, you would they would make friends with them and they could make friends and stay friends with them because it was all within, you know, a one hour Away from each other, right? And, which is fair. Um, right? and, our, and our radius. I think that's so a fair. great way. You no, know, yeah. they didn't need to be on those big travel teams. And there were friends right. of ours whose kids did travel. Oh, we're going away to Chicago this weekend. We're going to be in uh, the Midwest. We're going to be in. Like, why your kid is eight years old? <laughs> you know what are you doing? And we're spending twenty thousand dollars in hockey this year. Why? Why don't you put that toward college? They say it like a
2: badge
0: of honor. They're hockey
2: hockey martyrs. And and so and I think the the debate will be, well, Mike, I can do that in soccer and baseball and basketball because every town has that. So if I'm a if I'm a soccer player, I don't have to go 30 miles. I could be down the street and play another town's soccer team because everyone plays soccer. So my answer to that is, well, why aren't we doing that with hockey? It's yeah, not yeah. lack of facilities. It's just not. It is not lack of facilities. It's lack of the ability to put you, you, facilities will pop up everywhere. If you, fl, if you put people in a facility until the, till the rivets are coming out, people will build more facilities yeah, because they'll find that they're profitable. Here. So, Mike, and, that's and, what
0: happened here in Pennsylvania. When I was growing up, we had three local rinks. My, my hometown rink was in a municipality, which is very, very rare. Uh, and then I had two other rinks that were, I remember this, they were two rinks, they were double rinks. Well, one of those rinks now has five ice rinks. The other one has four, and at least four other rinks have opened up nearby. Because when Eric, I'm being serious. When Eric Lindros came to the Flyers, hockey exploded in this wow. area. So if there's a need, the, the rinks will be built. That that is absolutely true. What you're saying, just backing up,
2: yeah. right? And 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 then so let's let's think. Why aren't we thinking like like? And I think it's because there aren't enough municipalities running facilities. Like when you went yeah. back at, back in the '70s when Bobby Orr uh, helped Massachusetts become a real hockey this, you know, uh, uh state, it was because of the, it was because of these things called the MDC rinks, which is these municipal rinks. That they built like cookie cutter rinks. They built like eight or nine of them in Fitchburg and in, uh, Framingham and wherever, you know, they had in Worcester, they had all these different like rink, 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 and they're all the same rink, but they have one purpose, put as many children into these rinks as possible and, and build the sport for, in a low cost, uh, you know, low impact environment. Just like soccer, just like lacrosse. I'm actually surprised lacrosse is as high as it is. But, and I think it's a lot of it has to do with the fact that the numbers are lower in those sports because there's so many more kids. Like, yeah. you don't, like, the, the answer is, well, I don't have to, like, I can join a soccer travel team, but I don't plan. have to do it. Well, in plan. hockey, you think you have to do it to gain competition. And my argument, it won't change because when you talk to the best people in the world that do this, they'll say, why do I have to take my kid into a car? and travel against other 11 year olds to play against kids because well, because my team's an all-star team, but well, why is your team an all-star team? How come you don't, why don't you just take the the, the, the 10 kids that are in your team, split them up into four different teams and have four teams and everyone learns how to play each other. Well, it's going to hold, it's going to hold them back. No, yes, it's not, not going to hold them back. It, you could, you, if you're a really good, if you're a good teacher and you're, and you're a good developer, and you're somebody that truly understands sport, you could put those kids in competitive situations in constraint-based learning where they can grow and learn and you can build a community. Yeah. But, but we're a very selfish society and I get that. And that's why these other, like in Europe and Scandinavia, that's why they work right. Because they don't make cuts until 14. There's no reason to travel because you, you could travel somewhere else, but it doesn't matter because you're not going to be allowed to play. It's just, you, you, you make it best in your community and soccer's done that for the most part. I mean, you know, you have AYSO, which was like the big thing in the U S and now they've gone to club soccer, which is, but it's, when you look at the sports, it's hurting those sports. It will hurt lacrosse. It's hurt. AAU is hurt basketball, right? Cause there's less and less kids now playing rec basketball and more kids playing pay to pay basketball. So what does it do? It shrinks the sport. So yes, you get to see the top LeBron James of the world, but you don't get to see what sport is and sport is not about producing pro athletes sport is about giving our kids an opportunity to participate in something physical when they're young and have a purpose and belong to something, not to, not to, it, it, you know, eliminate them from something it's supposed oh, to be me. bring them in. And we we've lost that. Then I think that's yeah. why when we look at hockey and you add, and people say, Oh my God. And then, then you look at a survey like that, that comes out. Everybody's like, well, Mike, I would have loved to play hockey, but it's the most expensive sport there is in the whole country. Right. well and you you can't justify it you can't tell them it's not because it is but right. why and, but it doesn't have of, to be
1: so many parents are buying into that Mike yeah they no they don't they don't see the value in keeping your kids with other kids who may not be as good as their kid but there's a lot of value to that to playing within your community it's yeah. it, it's it's, it's a lost vision, you know? And it's so weird I, is
2: because the people that run these sports, like the ones that run the, the like own the rinks, like most of them don't even have kids anymore. Like they're not right, even playing. Right, like right, you would right. think that the number one thing they would do is put yeah. your business in a place where everyone would want to be there. Yeah. And instead we say, well, why don't we, to Lee's point, why don't we have a, a try hockey for free day and bring 190 kids into our rink for $100. And then the next year, let's pull the plug and then have a trial for fifteen kids.
0: Yeah. I'm like, what was the point? I mean, yeah. it's, I'm laughing because of, it is funny. Go ahead, Christine. It, it is funny but,
1: when when you yeah. look at it, and it's like, come <laughs> on, people, look at the bigger picture here. Look, look at the trends too.
0: Right. You well, know, and so what many we've parents
1: watched. feel so, I don't know, forced. Like, oh, I I have to do this, or my kid's not going to succeed. Right. I, I got to do this so that my kid gets that college scholarship. Uh, there's so much pressure on parents now to make their kids more, uh, the better athlete, bigger, better, stronger. It's just right. way too much pressure but,
0: uh, on themselves and their kids. We need to fix this on a societal level too. Cause I'll tell you what, like it's look, we've talked about this in every episode. This is about life skills, right? We, yeah. we all three of us think the primary focus on youth hockey and probably sports, but youth hockey, that's one to 18 years of age is to create a better person, not to create an NHL all-star, it's to create a better person, okay? And we talk about this all the time about, you know, I think about like college, right? And how college has become a four-year party for most students, not all. All right, but what are we doing? We send our kids out to college, we get them in immense debt that they can't pay off, and then we put them out in the real world, at jobs that are not going to pay them for at least 10 years, anything close to what they could do to alleviate that debt, and then they're 40. It's, it's backwards, right? And, and yeah. in our sport, it, which I love more than any, anything outside my family, it's backwards, but it can be fixed. I want to make sure we're bringing some hope into this. So so one note at this point before I forget, we have done an episode before, and Christy was the star of it, about how to save an immense amount of money right, 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 throughout the season. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so uh, we will we will tag that to this episode and put it below. Christy, before we leave today, maybe we'll run through the quick the quick list of that. But there's okay. a lot of ways to save thousands of dollars. Um, yeah, between yeah. your cost, the team cost, so forth and so on. But I wrote these these three notes down here, guys, and I wanted to bring these up. And Mike, Mike, you can tell me, Christy, you can tell me too if I missed something. But really, the three components in the in the context of what we're talking about with youth hockey is development, competition, yeah. and and visibility. Is not it's not unfair to put that in there, especially as you get towards the later times, right? Uh, am I missing anything in terms of those elements, right? And I'm not I'm not talking so much about the life skills now. I'm talking about just from a point of view of playing it's about development competition and visibility at some point all right i think what's happening is we're prioritizing competition above development most times especially at the younger ages right because i can hear somebody maybe saying um well if our kids don't play other kids in u10 how are they going to know where they're at and i'm trying to say is you don't need to know where they're at at that age because it should be about development skill-based development and competition comes later because they're under 10 Right. right. I don't, like right, I right. said, I, I have seen insanely competitive nine-year-olds and God bless them. All right. But, but at nine, <laughs> if you're not developing that person the correct way, it, it won't matter when they're 19. Right. Uh, and I've, I've seen, I've seen the shy kid at nine because that was me <laughs> turn into the all-star at 17, because I just, that, that part of it picked up later. And you can call me whatever you want in that. That was just the way it was. I love the game. So I think, let's just say you know U 12 you could do an argument for you 10 down it's not about competition it's not about travel it's about development i think you right. got to find the right place and i think that if you really are focused on that you don't have to join a travel team that's costing you twenty five hundred dollars no matter what they say to you all right and again look you get peer pressure from your own kids mike my, my friends on that team and i want to do this every family's got to do what's right if you can afford this no problem honestly god bless you that's not that's that's awesome right um that's number one number two I want to talk about visibility and competition, right? I I have been in hockey most of my life, but I don't remember hearing about, you know, Pop Warner football teams being the best in the country and Little League baseball teams outside the Little League World Series. It's only in high school that those other sports seem to matter, right? High school baseball, high school football, high school basketball. When you really start hearing about this thing in hockey, it's like, well, my son's on a AAA all-star elite might team. Traveling the country. (laughs) It's like, okay, you know, I don't know what that's supposed to mean. So I think that it comes back to this, guys, and I'll throw it back to you. Athletes stand out. If your child is an athlete, that will naturally happen. And you can develop that child naturally if they're a natural athlete. But I would go as far to say that there's a lot of people in sport that are not natural athletes or they develop slower than other athletes. And I don't think we're fo- focusing on that. And Mike, to your point, there is a business model that exists that could absolutely profitize off of everything there. But we're so focused on dollar amounts. And you, you know, I think about ice rinks, Mike, you made that point about ice rinks. And this is easier said than done, but it's like, look, it's like injection molding. If you have a business, you want your injection molders on 24 hours a day. You want them printing 24 hours a day because when they're not printing, they're not making money. Okay. Now, again, with ice rinks, kids go to school. I get that. You got to find times. But man, the ice rink model has been the same my entire life, right? It's open hockey, open skate, figure skate, you're shinny in the morning, then 12 practices and a game at night. That's the best we can do.
2: It's a, hard, it's a horrible managers, model.
0: All the yeah. rink managers are going, that is the best we can do.
2: No, it's not. And it's, no, it's, it's not. not. <laughs> it's, it's an awful model. And it's, and it's a model of how do, we, how do we get the least amount of kids paying the most amount of money and then send them to somebody else's program that that's trying to get the least amount of kids and make the most amount of money. It makes no sense. It, it actually right. doesn't. I, I used a joke one time uh, before I was fired from a job that was uh, you know, <laughs> that, that, that we use, like we were doing where I said, what calculator are you using? I said, I'm using a textures instruments calculator. You guys are using like an abacus or something.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like,
2: I have no idea. Like I'm trying to look, I'm, I'm like, how do I blatantly throw this in your face that what you're doing, the model that you have, has zero, makes zero sense. And, if, and in fact, if you're the model that says, well, Mike, our model is we want the developmental, we want the best kids at the earliest ages because our model is to develop pro and college athletes. Well, you're doing it wrong as well. right? Because the statistics will show you that those kids aren't being produced. Not at eight, not at nine, not at 10, not, not till puberty. So if you really want the best model, let's go with the soccer model. Put every single kid in the world in a place where they can play soccer. Every kid in the world, there isn't anywhere in the world where you don't play soccer. That's and and you don't true. need a field. I, I don't I don't uh, listen, the last time I looked at a lot of these places, they didn't have fields. Like they're they're playing in a in a dirt parking lot somewhere and they're finding a way to get better. And so if you give kids access and you give kids fun, and you know, you know we're in a in 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 the hockey world because it automatically people just assume you have to have money to play you're already getting the higher income bracket people jumping into it in the first place. Like you have a lot of people that are like, to Lee's point, well, I'm not going to start something I can't finish. Yeah. Like I'm not going to get it into something. my child
0: this. in the process. Like, and why would I do yeah. that?
2: Like, why would I be like, I'm going to invest in something else. Right. I mean, I just saw the Serena Williams, uh, you know, the Williams uh, uh, movie there, you yeah. know, I'm going to invest in, I'm going to invest in something that I can tangibly do with my kids and, and I, I can, and, and it doesn't matter. They don't need to go to tournaments. They need to train. You want to really get better. You've got to be able to shoot and pass and and compete. But you can do that and
1: skate. And skate but
2: you can but you can you, you can do that in one thing. rink in one town. Right. You don't That's, have to go to the ice in somebody else's. Uh, you know, in, in in another city is no different than your ice. You just have to. And, and, and you know, why are you spending you know five hours in a car when that all could have been spent in the rink?
0: All of it. That's super true. And and, and, and not and to and mention I, like it. I just ice. think that. Off ice activity, we, like we gotta bring well, everything. Up. Any, anything that does yeah. with
2: hockey is is a better is a better scenario. So when I look at the graph and I look at these studies, I'm like, okay, wh- are they are they look? Do they want to come to an end result? Like I'd like to dig into that study and say, well, is was the purpose to show that hockey is more expensive, or and, and what really are the nuances of it? Or is it because there just aren't enough hockey kids playing that it just makes it look like it's a lot more expensive because we're not looking at like because the high end is. Off the charts, high end.
0: It's, it's stupid. It's right. Stupid. I
2: mean, so like yeah. I know, like right now where I am, I'm, I'm in the Fairfield County, you know, Westchester County area of New York, Connecticut, and on average, a 15 year old player is spending nine thousand dollars a year. Well, what's, the that, what's the ROI on that?
0: Like, what's the ROI on that?
2: Let me tell you something. Right. every all the parents <laughs> that I talk to, like the people that I associate myself with in the in the in the business world of hockey, when I see them when they're 18, when their kids are 18, and they'll remind me of what I was telling them when their kids were eight. Like, and now it's getting too, like, and they're like, oh, I should have had my kid continue soccer. You know, he was, you know, he was such a good soccer player. And the coach wouldn't let him play soccer because he said he had to do only hockey and he got to do only training. Oh, wow. That kid was such a good lacrosse player. Or, hey, is your son, did your son make the select camp? Oh no, no, no. He, you know, he's playing, he's playing, uh, playing guitar. He loves it. You know, he's really interested. I said, so all of this doesn't matter at eight. If your highlight of your athletic career is eight years old, like in, in a tournament at eight. I don't know how sad that's just so sad to me is that there's a hockey guru around here that calls it parental entertainment. Like, it's all about the parents. It's not about the kids. And so we as parents, we can control all this. We we don't do we need the entertainment? Like, isn't my kid just going to be just like, well, your kids don't know the difference. They don't know. They don't know any different if you're just in one rink every week for the next 27 weeks. They don't know. The only way they know is because you're telling them. So I don't know. It's all it's all about perspective and all about, you know, putting your kid in the right place. And if it's and, and, and when you look at these other sports and how well they do it, it's because they're, they're they they build a community and they build a place where, you know, you're not, you know, having to go to the pawn shop to afford another season of hockey. You could just go and play at any time you want. I could go to the park right now. with My kids right now for free and what? play pretty much any field sport there is.
0: and And hockey. Now
2: I could I, easily find a way to, to find hockey development.
0: Yeah, you know, no one ever wants to be, and this happens every season. And I, you know, I feel, I actually feel for anybody who has to do this, but no parent wants to be the parent that says, sorry, son, sweetheart, daughter, we, we can't afford this. <laughs> All right. Now to be fair, those kids typically find a way anyway, yeah. but um, you know, it happens. It happens every year. You know, the other wow. thing I wanted to bring up Mike, you brought this up is that I um, talk about business models, you know, Look, man, when I was growing up, there was no off ice training. I had to make it up and I found ways to do it. And I, right. and again, that's me. I loved it. I lo- still do. I still, still shoot pucks in my garage. All right. But that's me. It's not every kid. But my point is that there's enough access today. There is absolutely unlimited access to shooting, passing, skating, everything you can do on the ice, you can do off the ice. Now, what kills me is people go, well, I have to get some of those, uh, 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 those ice tiles. I'm like, well, if you can afford them, great, but you don't need that either. All right. The whole yeah. sport is expensive. You, you know, they've made it so you can play this game on the street with, with a stick and a ball. All right. And, and, you know, I'm, I'm reminded of a Kobe Bryant quote, uh, or I, it was a really a, a speech. I actually heard this recently and really stuck out to me. And, and he was talking about his passion for the game. I think that's an important thing here. You know, not every kid's into hockey the same way. My, my son doesn't dream about it morning, you know, afternoon, night. He, he loves it. He likes to play it. It's not his passion right now. I'm okay with that. But Kobe had said this, and I found this amazing. He talked about, he loved basketball so much. He loved the process so much that he would wake up in the morning and do a session. Uh, he might take a nap or do something. He, after lunch, he'd do a session, and then he'd do whatever he to do. And then after dinner, he'd do a session. His logic, which was phenomenal, he goes, it's simple math. If I work out three times a day or practice three times a day, and other people are practicing two times a week, he goes, it doesn't matter how far behind I am. Eventually, I'm going to overtake them." And he says that's what happened. I just worked harder than anybody else. Now again, that's basketball. All right. But my point is that if a hockey player wants it enough, they will do that. I I, I did that. I practiced just more. And I'm, I'm not bragging here. I'm just saying, I just looking back, I practiced more than any of my peers and I advanced faster than them. All right. And not again, not a brag. I'm just saying the, no. the access was there because I created it. it didn't cost my parents anything other than a piece of sheet metal and some WD-40. So the puck would move on it. Right. Right. And then plyometrics didn't, that was just an internet search. So I'm I'm kind of turning this back towards you a little bit, Christy, because if you want to make this affordable for your kid, you can do that. It might mean sacrificing some of the um, amazing trips, which are amazing. I'm not knocking those. It might sacrifice. I don't want to
1: take away from those. Yes. They can be incredible trips.
0: Right. But but there are absolutely ways you can do this and, and lower your costs or keep the cost down to a minimum.
1: Yeah. Uh, and, and 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 Chris, a a friend know. of mine, it's funny, a friend yeah. of mine who's a hockey friend who's never been to the house had it dropped something off to our house. And I said, oh, you know, we live blah, blah, blah. And then I'm, You don't have to tell me. You're the one with the net in the driveway. Right. Oh, <laughs> oh, of course. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, because Sophia's out there already, you know that's what she does in the summertime and she doesn't have to spend a lot of money and it's her own drive and she's gotten really good at shooting and your kids will too. Just set up a net in the driveway. doesn't really cost a lot of money. It's not it's
0: much. It's, that's, that's You're worth gonna, the investment. I'll say it's to get, definitely get a good worth the investment. Yeah.
1: yeah. And you'll have all their hockey friends over too, which is a lot of fun yeah. too. It'll make the summer go by and you'll just have a blast.
0: You get the um, net and the replacement windows. That's what yeah, it was. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Tons of ways <laughs> Tons of- <laughs> to save during the season. We've gone over that before, and Lee's going to attach our last episode. A lot of great uh, tricks of the trade, a lot of great hockey parent hacks that we've shared so that you can save some money. But yeah, I, do, I do have a 2022 hockey mom wish. I wish more towns, villages, and cities would have faith in hockey. And invest in our kids who play hockey. Right, It'll make a world of difference. So there's my appeal. <laughs> no, I, it,
0: look, it's a great point, point. And, and I hope yeah. that I hope the learn to play programs expand beyond just U8 um, yeah. and Adams. You know, like because like, because I'll be honest with you, I was blown away by what I got for the learn to play, but I also knew like this is not sustainable. Like, well, the right. the low income family is not going to be able to do this beyond a year.
2: Yeah. Well, that's um, that's that yeah. second cost, right? That that, that second cost in the survey, the second highest cost was equipment. And right. one of the things we don't do a great job of in the hockey world, and oh, the hockey horrible. community, is yeah. is reuse. And and you know, because this stuff, if you look at a ten-year-old and eleven-year-old shin pads, <laughs> they look like they're brand new. I mean, they're basically growing out of the stuff before they can outwear it. Like it just right. it just doesn't. Like I I do I do an equipment swap for lacrosse. And up until this year, it was great because you could the, the lacrosse came out with new regulations for shoulder pads. So now every kid that plays lacrosse has to get this, this heck, this, uh, you know, different approved shoulder pads. So now thousands of shoulder pads are obsolete, but then you start thinking again, well, how do we keep the cost down? Well, my kid grows out of elbow pads every single year, but the elbow pads look like they're brand new. So these, these equipment swaps and the ability to yeah. keep travel, but if there is, there is a section of our, hockey equipment world though that also needs to cater to this and understand that you can't promote the uh, just the high-end stuff you have to build stuff that people can get into to lee's point i should be able to go usa hockey a couple of years ago collaborated i think it was vaughn or somebody where they did the quick change gear for goaltenders so if i wanted to do a, be a goaltender at you i could just put the the pads right over my shin guards straps on and i'm a goalie Right. And you know, everything, and, and it's a jersey that goes on, and it's and all the equipment's in the jersey, like all the padding. So, that to me, I was like, Oh, that's brilliant. But then, can we do that again at 12 U? Can we do that again at it, it, we, we to, to Lee's what he's saying too, right? Is you have to we have to build things in so that the, the stopping point for a hockey player isn't when they outgrow their first learn to play gear. Um, but we can, as community, as hockey communities, certainly do a much better job of doing equipment swaps and. And using our own families that live in our towns to then reuse and, and look at a hot helmet. If you're pr- fit, fitted properly with a helmet at eight years old, it, it should last you till 11 or 12 years old. No. I mean, the no, helmets are built where they're really right. can be built and, to rink, and move. Our rink
1: would always do that at the end of the year. They'd set up these huge bins and they'd have sizes on the bins, Brilliant. Um, you know, Brilliant. whatever size pants, large, medium, small, adult size, kid size. And you would just come and bring your equipment that you don't anymore and you drop them off into the bin. Right. And and it's fantastic. And then they'd have the rink folks go through and kind of sort it out and then have the kids and parents come in the following week with equipment that deemed was safe because obviously some stuff expires, especially with helmets. You certainly don't want to give pass those on used helmets. but yeah. And they would help fit each kid equipment that would properly fit them for the season. It's fantastic. It's really easy to do. And parents are so willing to do it. It costs nothing. And it's just a simple way to help each other afford the next hockey season.
0: Another one would be breaking the stigma surrounding that Used. The most expensive equipment is the yeah. best equipment, which is yeah. not true. You know, I, I'm a big advocate. You don't need a three hundred dollar hockey stick to be good. Yeah. Uh, the, yeah. the, the player makes the stick. Now, look, I will say there are advantages to more expensive sticks over less expensive sticks. I'm not going to deny that, but they're not two three hundred dollars worth of advantages. Yeah. You know, it, it, I, I, that's one of the ones I remember when we went from from wood. I remember we went from $15 sticks to two piece sticks, which were a little more expensive. They could be, you know, $30, <laughs> $30, 45 right. And then when, when full one, you know, single composites, it was just a three a $200. Yeah. And and I was like, and well, it hurts wow.
1: more when those composite sticks break. <laughs> and they will break,
0: right? You know. It, Let me tell you something. There's amazing. nothing.
2: There's nothing gonna get me out of my my the, my Jofa elbow pads that were issued to me as a college freshman. I can tell you right. that right now. Ever? I'm never gonna. <laughs> I mean, so, it's so, just so, like like those. I'll live with forever. But I think there is. There are certain pieces of equipment that you don't need to upgrade all the time, no, just no. because you don't like the look of it anymore. And I think a lot of kids, like you see some of these, you know, you know, certainly like breezers and things like that. Yeah, I mean, you can't have. You know, you can't look like you just grew out, you know, just put, threw on a pair of pants uh, right. that you had six years ago. Yeah, you, you, but, know you know, you got to be protected. But there are ways yeah. in your hockey community. And we're talking about, you know, offering more to the sport. Listen, if you have the means and you have the ability to buy stuff, but then be that person that donates that stuff. Don't right. don't have, have it in your garage where it doesn't get any use at all. Try to find a way to get that to the next kid. That's really on the verge of teeter tottering of, you know, oh, I just finished uh, my ranger learned to play. to I'm 10 years old. And my next step is going from $800 a year of hockey to $4,000 a year of hockey. It's a, it's such, there is no cushion. There's just a and no. that's And, and honestly, there's two huge statistics in, in, in hockey, in the world of hockey. We see kids right at 13, they quit because they hate the sport and they've, they've outgrown the love they're and
0: they're, they're burnt. burnt out. But yeah. then there's
2: that there's a really, really huge number just because of the success of the try hockey for free world is that eight to nine year old number right. that the, the year from eight to nine, the drop-off is, is, is unbelievably big. And it's because we've done such a great job of bringing more kids into the tent at six and seven and eight, but we got, now we got to find a way to keep them there.
0: Right. Yeah. Uh, and, and hopefully it's something they're going to be growing. Uh, you know, the other thing too, you brought up, j- just because you brought up Mike and from equipment, just quick, quick tip for parents. Look, this is my opinion, me solely, but I'm putting it out there. When, when people ask me what equipment to really spend money on, I said, spend money on a good helmet. Don't go cheap on a helmet. Spend money on good skates that fit, but it doesn't have to be the most expensive pair. All right. Well, the best advice I ever got was whatever feels great. That's what you should buy. And I'll tell you what, for my foot, it's never the most expensive pair. It's usually one or two steps below that. They're still expensive, but you want to get good skates. If your kid isn't checking, uh, you want to make sure his heart or her heart is protected Whatever, whatever that means for for chest protectors, okay, um, and then that's about it. You don't have to go crazy on shins, pants, elbows, gloves, especially gloves, sticks. You don't have to go right. crazy on those unless you want to. But like, there's I a agree. lot of money in what I just said. <laughs> there's, yeah, there's about, I, you know,
1: I completely agree. The helmet and the skates, most important. Yeah, don't mess that's around with those. you want to spend your money. And when you get new skates, there's some tricks too that we'll share in another episode on how to right. break them in and how to avoid snake bite, which is a real thing. Right. In case you haven't heard of it, parents. Oh, it is. Uh, yeah, that's had. not something that kids make up. And there are ways that you can kind of, help them out with that by, uh, you know, adjusting yeah. the tongue and using some padding. Keeping in mind too, skates out.
0: today are unbelievably better than whatever we started with. It, um, right. unbe- I, I see what my son yeah. has. I'm like, this thing's amazing.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. exactly. But, yeah. That's one it, it, so I agree. Helmet and skates. That's where you want to spend your money.
0: The, the last point I want to make, because uh, I know we're running out of time here is that I think it's important to note this. We're all human. We're all human here. You spend upwards of 20 grand on your kid. And your kid decides they don't want to play anymore. You know, how is that going to affect you mentally, right? Because I'll tell you what, the word resentment might might come in there and 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 it's not fair to anyone. It's not fair you had to spend that much money. It's not fair to your kid that doesn't want to play that you should be able to. I spent all this money. We talked about this before. You got to really be realistic about this. If you're willing to put the money out there, you better be realistic that, that our children are children. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And it's going to hurt. I'll tell you right now, if my kid goes through 18 or any of my kids go through 18 and they go like, I don't really feel like it anymore. Um, they, you know, but the time that I put into this, right. Make sure you're putting in that time for the right reason. I'm putting that time in cause I love my kids. I love the game. Uh, it's time together. It's development of him as a human being first. There's no way any kid should leave this game without some life skills, but we're seeing astronomical figures, Of kids leaving the game or in the game with extreme depression, extreme anxiety, extreme mental discourse, things they should not be dealing with at that age. And they can't handle it. And what do we say? Well, you're soft. You're weak. What are we doing? It's supposed to teach life skills, not create horrible skills. So just no matter what investment you're putting in, keep it realistic of the mental fitness and the, and the mental growth of your child. And, um, I, by the way, if you're listening to the show, you probably do that. <laughs> all right? right but it, right. it's a it's a vehicle for growth for your child. What life skills can you learn? We, we just did a great episode, the last episode we did, about that, about what happens if your kid's getting bullied or in a toxic environment. Focus on your kid. Learn, because that's the real world. The real world is a toxic environment. <laughs> Let's be perfectly blame, honest. Not it. all the time. I it, that?
2: John. I blame tick, blame, t-
0: blame tick, blame them, all the social media things, we, too much information. Anyway, look, this has been a wonderful episode. Again, more, this is one of more of those sound off episodes. We like to do a mix now of like, here's some tips you can take to the game. Here's us discussing things that you discuss. Um, if you're seeing this on our Facebook group, our kids play hockey, make sure to comment uh, your, any of your thoughts, right? We love hearing from you. We're, our mailbag is filling up quickly. nowadays. Uh, before I close this out. Cause I know Christy has to do the news. And she's yeah. a news lady, and she has to do the news. And since you
1: said I look like a lawyer, I'm going to say we're going to about to adjourn this episode. <laughs> Case closed.
0: Yeah, we don't need Judge Judy. We got Judge Christie here. <laughs> right. All right. Perfect. So, uh, Mike, any final thoughts before I close it out? That's
2: perfect. I'm listening That's to the judge.
0: All right, I'll spend my uh, <laughs> I'll spend my you Monday nights that. with with this court anytime. Uh, but that's going to do it for this edition of Our Kids Play Hockey. Make sure to check out all the episodes, OurKidsPlayHockey.com. If you want to email us, if you have any thoughts, team at OurKidsPlayHockey.com. Uh, it will be one of us that gets back to you. We always reply. Uh, and please, if you haven't already joined our Facebook group, again, aptly titled Our Kids Play Hockey on Facebook. Uh, and if you can, if you listen to this, please give us a five-star review on whatever platform you're listening on, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google. Uh, that really does a lot to help us out. And I want to, once again, I'm going to try and do this every episode. I want to thank all of you listening. Uh, We get so much feedback about how much this show means to you and how much it feels like you're not alone. And uh, that's exactly the reason we started doing this uh, amongst being friends. Uh, So the fact that we're making an impact on you and your team and hopefully your community uh, means the world to us. So with that said, for Christy Casciano Burns and Mike Benelli, I'm Lee Elias. We'll see you on the next edition of our kids play hot. Have a great day, everybody. We hope you enjoyed this edition of Our Kids Play Hockey. Make sure to like and subscribe right now if you found value wherever you're listening, whether it's a podcast network, a social media network, or our website, OurKidsPlayHockey.com. Also, make sure to check out our children's book, When Hockey Stops, at WhenHockeyStops.com. It's a book that helps children deal with adversity in the game and in life. We're very proud of it. But thanks so much for listening to this edition of Our Kids Play Hockey, and we'll see you on the next episode.